You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Susan Bexy. Susan, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Susan, let's talk about this show day and night at Barry Campbell, uh, which is running through August 11th. And, um, and there's links about that here, of course, for, for listeners. Um, Maybe begin with the title because you know we're you're on a very specific theme here, day and night. We're, we're talking about light, essentially, right? Or, or how 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 do you feel about that title and how it reads into the show? Definitely, um, I I think a lot about light, and I go typically back and forth between working on paintings which are uh, inspired by things I've seen. Um, you know, I, I'm starting from observation, so I'm thinking a lot about light. And of course, uh, everything's different if you're working on uh, like a nocturne. You know, I always notice how the water at night will light up, so the sky will be dark and the water lights up, and that that has always um, fascinated me. So, I when I first found out about this um, show and started working toward that deadline that I had started working on these um, relatively small paintings that I thought about doing as a pair. And I started with the, the nocturne and then I added the day um, as the, 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 the pair for that painting. And so that's sort of the thing that I kept coming back to as I worked on the rest of the paintings for the show. And these, and these, painting so so it's a certain type of light but it's also um almost optical effects happening here right i, I know you're influenced by the by albers and um these kind of color field and tallest painters correct definitely um yeah since i was a kid basically uh reading his works and thinking about color and over time i think the compositions have become more simplified um you know, I'm still starting with observations from shapes in the landscape, but my interest has always been in color and, and, and really the texture of the surface. So the landscape or shapes from the landscape, I really use as a vehicle to get into the painting. Um, mm-hmm. I actually spend a lot of time on uh, color studies and really figuring out those three, four colors, sometimes five, six colors that will really lock together visually. So the placement of the colors, the, the size of those various shapes, how they're engaging in the, the square of the painting. Um, and then of course, building up the surface slowly, like layer after layer. The texture of the surface is really important to me. Um, and you know, really showing the beauty of the materials. I've been working with Belgian linen and these beautiful oils for a long time now. So. Um, I feel like I yeah, really what's happening with those oils because you're using them you're using the oils almost like watercolor right you're pouring onto these somehow the surface and the paint you're using is is very special really isn't it yes I work with really beautiful paints I'm diluting them heavily with turp and pouring so um, I sometimes say I'm working like a watercolors because it's an unforgiving process like making watercolor. So I need to work um, flat on the 
ground so that I can control the paint on, you know, when the painting is flat on the ground. And, um, you know, it's not 100%. You don't have 100% control because you're basically trying to control something very liquid, almost like water. Um, but I think it's also a challenge that I like, um, that I feel I'm in partnership. I definitely have a lot of control, but I definitely feel also that I'm in partnership with these materials in terms of what results. Um, so it's a constant challenge. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And, and also, I mean, you're, you're, can you talk a little bit about the, the whole process? Because these start outdoors, right? Or, or, or not always. Some of them start in the studio or they end up I there do, or they, or they start outdoors, yeah. I do start outdoors for sure. Um, I, I really, uh, dis, you know, all artists have their rules, right, that, that they work by. I think pretty early on, I mean, I experimented for a long time before I started exhibiting, but I think pretty early on I decided that working from photography as a source material was bad. Um, so I, I don't work from photographs. Um, uh, I work from observation. So the, the shapes that you see in my paintings are the shapes that I've seen in the landscape. So I will make, you know, uh, not elaborate, but I will make drawings, uh, charcoal on paper in, in out, um, when I'm out in the landscape. And then I bring those drawings back to the studio. And then based on those drawings, the next step is I... Uh, I figure out the composition and really what the ideal size for that particular composition should be. And then I build the stretcher bars and I stretch the linen. So I don't work in a uh, standard size. I don't have someone pre-stretching, you know, canvases for me. Um, so everything is based on that original uh, drawing. And then I think about, you know, what are the, what are the right colors? I don't, um, typically work uh, literally so much from the colors that I've seen. So colors can be literal, but most often not. So that can really vary. Um, and so then, you know, after that, it really becomes a, a studio process where I'm working out colors. Uh, I spend a lot of time, you know, working out those four or five colors, like I was mentioning, so that they visually lock together and are, are talking to each other. I will sometimes adjust the colors, but not too often once I'm, I'm in the process of, of pouring. Um, and then, you know, it's a very iterative process. It's almost like one shot action painting where you are, uh, I need to pour all the colors uh, at once. So it's a wet and wet process, dries overnight. And then it's really not until the next day that I've seen, you know, what's happened. And there can be surprises. There can be um, not so great surprises. And then I, I start again, pouring all the colors, even if there are certain sections of the painting which are working well, those have to get sacrificed possibly in the next pour. Um, and then this will go on for weeks until the surface is built up to a level that I, you know, think is interesting uh, or successful in some way. It's a fascinating process, and it also seems, you know, in, in looking at, at all of these, at the show itself, there's a, there's a feeling to all of it, you know. Um, I mean, talking about painters like Albers and, and other painters that, you know, that maybe in this, in this kind of sphere of things, um, there's almost a kind of inner or, or 
for lack of a better word, spiritual element to the kind of, um, you know, meditative or, or almost infinite quality of some of them. Is that something you think about too, or am I just reading that into it, or is, is that part of it too? No, I definitely think about that, and it's something I've always admired in his paintings. Um, my first dealer, um, Iris Spanierman, actually had me in a group show pretty early on where he had you know, very, very established artists, and there was even an Albers painting in the show. So that was always um, something very exciting to me. Uh, I've always loved his work. Um, but yes, I do think about that, and, and one of the reasons for the minimal compositions. I mean, aesthetically, uh, I'm very drawn to that. Um, but also, I, I've never wanted to um, kind of impose a place on the viewer. So if, you know, I, I'm working out on uh, the eastern end of Long Island and where there's so many beautiful um, places to draw inspiration from, but if uh, someone is going to be living with my painting and they live in California or Europe or the Midwest. So like, I, I don't want to impose, you know, Maine Beach, East Hampton on them because it's not really relevant. So I've always been after sort of creating a universal image. And, and uh, you know, the light is really important in creating, but the, the specialness in a painting and in any painting, um, you know, you always wish for it to happen, and it's something I strive for, but it, it's also dependent on the viewer. Um, people see different things in my paintings. Um, there's a gentleman who is a pilot, and he lives with one of my paintings, sees it every day, and he, he's like, this is what I see when I'm flying. I see that horizon line. But of course, I don't. I didn't create it that way. That, but I'm happy that he sees that. I I saw a horizon line over water. Um, this is a, a nocturne painting that he happens to have. But I love I love that people can have their own, bring their own memories and experience to the paintings. Yeah, that's so interesting. And 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 for you, is there is there associations with each one like that? Like you like you see it over the water, but. But but now thinking of it that way, it's almost as that some could be narratives or have stories behind them, just as people can read their stories into the door their their places, right? It, it, it's open to kind of make it, as you say, a kind of universal receiver. Um, are, are there also the same for you? Like you have specific stories about each one or connections? Yes, definitely. I. Um there are some that I, you know, I always remember where they're inspired by, but also more than that, I spend so much time with these paintings. I, you know, they're in my studio for months. So, you know, you remember like what was happening in your life or in the world when you were making certain paintings. So there's like an emotional attachment sometimes to them. Sometimes I see the painting, you know, uh, 10 years after I made it and I remember you know, what was happening then, you know, in my life or, or, you know, an emotional attachment I might have to it. So that, that can happen too, not just the, the place that inspired the composition, but also, you know, what was happening when I spent time with it. Um, so that, that's, that, that's the, that's my experience, but that's, you know, obviously not what someone sees when they are looking at it there. I want people to bring their own, you know, uh, experience. 
Yeah, and there and there's a there's a beautiful experience there because we're we're also talking about a kind of oceanic experience, right? It it is also about the the water to some degree, right? The 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 palate and also the the kind of vast expanse of it as as opposed to land, which it could also be, but they they are all all ocean oriented, correct? Uh, not all, but a lot of them are, and of course, whenever you use certain colors, green or blue, on a horizon, you 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 are sort of, as an artist, responsible for that reference. Um, so, uh, yes, as an artist, I think you have to be aware of what what you are implying when you use certain colors and and certain shapes, um, because they are going to uh, lead the viewer in a certain direction. Um, so, but yes, a lot of them are over the water, but a lot of them are over land. Um, so it really, it re- or a combination. There, there can be part land on one side uh, originally, um, as I saw it. But then that can that can change depending on what the viewer sees or what colors I've used to, you know, modify the original. Uh, you know the original thing that I've seen. It's a, it's a beautiful show, and and this is, um, I believe, the fifth solo show you've had, um, right? And you know, in this particular show, there's uh, of course the use of materials has evolved, and 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 your imagery. How do you see this show in comparison to your past shows in terms of of um, of where you are now? Does the does the whole practice seem to have changed you or evolved in a specific way? I think that I've stayed consistent with my process. I think the paintings are more saturated in color, um, possibly a little bit more uh, layered and so more textured on the surface. Um, In recent years, when it's made sense, I've added um, uh, some iridescence into the paint. It's extremely subtle, and I'm, I'm not uh, a big fan of adding products to paint, um, because obviously there's a lot of different kinds of additives uh, to make the paint thicker or more uh, almost sculptural, um, but I, I do like the subtlety of this iridescence. There are also uh, works on paper in the show, so oil on paper, which is a whole other sort of uh, risky adventure um, in terms of controlling the paint. Uh, it moves a lot faster over uh, even like a gessoed paper, um, so you've got to be a lot quicker and adept at controlling that. Um, there's a triptych work on paper, which uh, I always call the triple axle because you've got to get each panel just right at some point in the pouring process over weeks and weeks. Um, and then there are, there are not any um, uh, collaged linen pieces in this show, but it, it is something that I've added um, to my work over the years. Uh, I exhibited some last year. I'll probably exhibit some again uh, next year. Those are also quite time intensive, but um, they are using um, pieces of linen where where I've frayed the edges. And and something I haven't mentioned yet is um, I'm very interested in in always having a soft edge to all of these shapes. And I think that comes out of 
observing the landscape because there aren't really any sharp edges typically in landscapes. Everything is kind of soft. And on Eastern Long Island, things tend to be like very hazy, which adds to all of this, like a hazy atmosphere, which adds to all of this like softness in the shapes. But even when I've uh, drawn, I, I studied at the New York Studio School with Graham Nixon and did a lot of um, figurative uh, drawing and painting. And there, of course, with the figure, shapes are also soft. But, um, but so when I started uh, these collaged linen pieces, you know, cutting the linen creates a sharp edge, which I didn't like. So I've, I've figured out a way to fray the edges of the linen and which has a dual thing of like creating the softness that I like, but also it grabs those edges grab onto the paint in a really wonderful way. So it's another way to, to show off the beauty of the materials and show off uh, the different aspects of the paint. So I really love these collaged linens and um, they're quite small at the beginning, but now they're getting bigger. So I'll, I'll show more of those next year. But the current show is, paintings and, and works on paper. Thanks so much. And I encourage all the listeners to go see this, of course, or, or contact the gallery. And um, I want to ask you one more show and one more question before we go about, uh, not about this show, but I'm, I'm always curious what everybody's reading. Um, can I ask you what are you reading at the moment? You know, I um, <laughs> I love biographies. Um, right now, uh, though, I've... I've <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of books and um, podcasts in my studio as I'm working. This was a big deadline, uh, so I was probably working nonstop for a year towards this show. Um, but I've gotten very into um, all the spy podcasts. I'm fascinated by the mystery of all these like real-life spies. So that's, that's what's been keeping me busy in the studio. I want to thank you so much, Susan, for talking with me today, and I wish you well with this show. Uh, so again, thanks, thanks for your time and for this beautiful work. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.